0: Tanner. Tanner. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, hey, hey. it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show
1: exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. We have Dan here. Hey. And we welcome to the studio, Anthony Ramos. Yo, 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 yo. yo.
2: What's up, what's up? Uh,
1: your life right now, everything that's going on, it's amazing. From the public's perspective, it all started with Hamilton. Sure. But that's not necessarily the case.
2: Definitely not.
1: There's definitely a long journey leading up to that one show that obviously changed your life. Yeah. But can we sit here and agree that that one show
2: totally transformed everything? 100%. Hamilton is a gift that keeps on giving. It's uh, changed my life, man. I mean, you know, we all knew it was special, but, you know, walking in the room and we heard... That first downbeat, that first, uh, dum, 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 for anybody who knows the record. And uh, we all looked at each other like, yo, are you listening to what I'm listening to? Because this is kind of crazy. But
1: w- what, do you, what do you make of it at first? Is it did, did you know right at the gate that it was going to be a success? Did you think it might be hard for people to understand?
2: We didn't know if it was going to be a success. I mean, but I think what mattered the most is that we knew it was special. You know, I mean, people were giving up crazy, like, TV contracts, movie contracts, like, to do this show that we were all making at the time, $420 a week or something like that at the public theater
1: yeah.
2: off Broadway. I mean, you- And these are people with families. Yeah. Like, because we were like, you know, and me, I was 22, 20 at the time, so I didn't have no family. I mean, I was like, please, give me my $400 a week and my shot. <laughs> you <laughs> Somebody. Had, you had nothing to lose but everything to gain. Everything to gain. Nothing to lose. I already lived in a box apartment, but I was, you know, I was happy. I was fine. But it was, uh, but, the, you know, all that to say was when we were in, the, in, in rehearsal and we heard that music for the first time, unanimously, everybody in the room was like, yeah, no, nah, this is different. And you can't really make anything of it. The only thing you can make of it is what you feel, right? You, you can barely even make anything of that. I think it's just kind of like we felt it and we were like, whoa, um, you got to kind of just got to go with this feeling. You know, uh, so people were turning down jobs and all types of things. I mean, I, you know, in between off-Broadway and Broadway, even in between, we did a workshop four, for four weeks before we were on Broadway, uh, off-Broadway. And I like, it was a six-month uh, space time between that. And I worked at a bakery. I worked at a <laughs> preschool. I, you know, I was like, yo, I got to hang on. But I got to hang <laughs> on.
1: What keeps you going? Because you didn't need to hang on. Like, you could have gave in to a normal life at that moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, w- w- what keeps you going is I think, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but it's the, it's the dream. Right. It's, it's that feeling you get when something feels right. Right. When you walk into something and hopefully. Right. That's what you guys feel like when you walk into the studio. Right. Yeah. Like when you do your thing and like this is what you guys are good at. This is what you do. You found. Right. Hopefully you're calling. Right. But th- th- for me, this was like I walked up in in that room and I heard that music and, you know, th- th- I-, I had to hang on to the music. I had to hang on to that thing that was in the music that spoke to me you know i think that's why we follow artists right certain artists that we love or that's why we watch certain movies over and over and over because there's something in there mm. that we hang on to that we feel like we can cling on to you know
1: but at one point in your life your dream and your goal was to be a baseball player yeah and then to be a coach it wasn't it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't to t- like yeah. it wasn't to tap into like but in high school at the same time i'm assuming because uh, you played in high school baseball
2: yeah, yeah i played baseball yeah but
1: you were also part of the harmony trio which is like some motown thing with you and your so friends. that was in junior
2: high school so that was yeah, before yeah yeah so so in junior high school uh so uh i, I put together this trio right uh with two of my friends khalif and lennox who lennox just came to my show in brooklyn i'm on a tour right now and lennox just came to my show in brooklyn i haven't seen him in years yo and like that's full circle that was crazy to see him and khalif just hit me up too and uh, i was like we might have to get back together and uh I have to bring y'all out on the next tour let's go <laughs> <come>. hold up <laughs> but uh um it, but anyway no, uh, nonetheless like we used to we formed this trio in junior high school and we used to sing temptation songs at the assembly at, at the assembly so our teacher miss algarin she let us come come in the room like she rehearsed with us the, i would say miss algarin discovered us the halsey trio <laughs> at halsey middle school and miss algarin was like yo you guys nah man you guys can really sing you guys are awesome she's like uh you guys should let's let's see if we could you know she had to do some finagling you know she had to finesse it a little but she got the principal to allow us to sing one temptation song in uh every assembling yeah so we would rehearse and we'd do a little bit of choreography <laughs> and uh and i started learning the temptations catalog and um and it was crazy like we would just sing these songs and then fast forward to high school i was playing baseball and um and, you know, that, that had been the thing that I've been doing my whole life. I was playing ball. That was, like, you know, what my family did. They, they called me Franchise. That was my nickname in the backyard in the projects in Brooklyn. They were like, they be like yo, Franchise. <laughs> Everybody called me Franchise. Freckles and Franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, FF, double F, baby. But it was, uh, but it was uh, you know, they called me Franchise because my dad played baseball, my brother played ball, and then it was me. And I was supposed to be the next in line, right? Until I wasn't. I got hurt. Sixteen years old. And... Uh, uh, I was, I'll never forget it. We were, I was pitching against, I think it was Zavarian High School. And, uh, and I remember, I remember how I felt. I threw that pitch and I was like, yeah, I think this is it. Mm-hmm. You knew right away? Right away. I was like, yeah, I think, I think, I think we're done here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> my arm felt like it was going to come off of my body. <laughs> it was crazy. I'll never forget it. And, uh, I recovered. Like I came back and I played my, I played the next two years, but I was never the same, you know, but, uh. But my high school coach did remind me. He was like, yo, you batted like 400 in your senior year, though, bro. You had the best batting average on the team. I was like, yeah, right. I had to do something right, son. You know what I'm saying? My arm was all messed up.
1: As you sit here today, do you believe, can you look back at your life and be like, that was all meant to happen? Or do you hate, or do you feel like anger for the
2: fact that you got hurt? No, I don't feel anger at all. I'm so happy because if I hadn't gotten hurt, I wouldn't be on the Zach Sang Show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like right. totally. Right. You think about it. Like it's I'm I'm happy that all the things in my life happened to me the way they did because uh because it was, you know, like my, even my teacher, my teacher who uh, I'm playing the L Rey tonight and my teacher from high school, that director, the director who like basically changed my life is here in L.A. with me. She flew out to come see the show. So do you turn to high school drama after your injury? Yeah. So the way it happened was uh my junior year. Because I had, you know, I have been singing in junior high school and I kind of, I stopped. I was like, yo, I kind of want to like sing a little, you know, sing a little bit again, get back into it, you know, what? dust off the cobwebs. and sh- What sparks that? I don't, I don't know, right? It's that thing that you hang on to. It's the thing we, I guess we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. That thing that you hang on to, that you forget that you've been hanging on to because you've been trying to look for other things to hang on to, that people have been telling you to hang on to, or that you've been, been taught to hang on to, right? But that thing inside of you is still tugging on you like, yo, 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 this whole time, I've been trying to hang on to this, bro, <laughs> and and uh, you know, but I had to get hurt to to realize uh, to it. realize for it like, all to click. You know, oh, can't hang on to this right arm no more. Maybe this left arm is trying to tell me to hang on to something different. Uh, a right? skull, <laughs> right? A, the skull. a true thespian. The <laughs> thespian. I love that. Right? <laughs> for anyone who's not watching, Zach just raised his arm in the air and Shakespearean <laughs> Shakespeare, style. yeah, and um, but. Uh, but, yeah, this teacher, she, um, she, really, she mentored me, man. I mean, I auditioned for what I thought was a talent show. Ended up being a musical. She's like, hey, you know, I sang uh, Ordinary People by John Legend. She's like, hey, can you, uh, can you do these lines now? And I'm like, nah, miss, I don't do that. <laughs> She's like, my man, this is a musical. And I was like, ah, yeah, I really don't do that. And she was like, no, no, no. Then you can't be in the thing if, like, because you have to read these, you have to be a character in this thing. I was like, all right, so let me see these lines. And I do them. And uh, a couple of days later, the list comes out, and I, I get a lead role in this musical to play the part of Zeus in a musical written by the students called Love Conquers All. And uh, and I'll never forget it. I was on stage, and uh, I'm wearing this cardboard crown and <laughs> that I don't know who made, and uh, and I'm rocking uh, this, uh, basically a huge cloth that looked like somebody's ba- blanket from their house that they made into a robe for me, so I can look ro- royally or whatever uh regal and uh like zeus because <laughs> that's what, <laughs> You're that's what zeus looks like i'm zeus so i need to wear a blanket you know what I mean? and uh and i get there on stage and it was like i was so uncomfortable because i was so comfortable that's kind of how you know right like you ever been in a position where you were so uncomfortable because you were like yo why do i feel like i belong here right now
1: M- most of my life in this room
2: you know what i'm saying yeah and uh and and it it sort of happened in that way. It, not for not sort of it happened in that way. And then um, fast forward, uh, I was applying to colleges. I didn't have any school. Uh, I didn't have I didn't have any schools to go to. So I started applying. I started going to camps. Right. I still was keeping the baseball dream alive. And I was still I was going to play ball. So I was, a couple of schools had offered me money to play a D three ball. I wasn't going to make it to the majors or anything, but enough to make money, yeah. uh, get some money to go to school, right, and become a gym teacher and hopefully coach. But um. Again, all my applications get withdrawn from every school I apply to because I couldn't, I didn't uh, give in my financial aid forms in time. I was late. FAFSA. Is pa- been- FAFSA. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> we'll always come and get you. FAFSA will get you because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, and uh, anybody who feels me or knows on that, um, them deadlines are real. And if you miss them, you missed it. Zach Sancho. Hey,
1: beautiful human. Real quick, I want to tell you about Native. I'm pumped to tell you about Native. They're my favorite deodorant. I came across Native at Target about a year ago, and it changed my life forever. I've had overactive sweat glands. And growing up in high school, I'd actually wear two sweatshirts on top of each other so people couldn't see my giant sweat marks. And every week, I'd go to the pharmacy looking for a new deodorant. None of it would work. And I knew that it was so bad for me. It was filled with aluminum. And then, about a year ago, I met Native. First flavor I tried, and by flavor I mean scent, was coconut vanilla. Low key, it smells so good, I kind of want to lick it, but I don't. It's everything that I could want because I know exactly what I'm putting on and in my body. It's ingredients that really, you know. Seriously. You're not going to be stuck like reading words that you don't understand. There's fewer, simpler ingredients, so you can really break down what's in your deodorant. It's worth it. If you're looking for a deodorant, plus, if you try it out and you don't like it, no risk. You can return it, exchange it, whatever, if you're in the United States. Do all of that for free. And I'm going to be real with you. This deodorant is a little bit on the pricier side, but there's no aluminum. It's better for your health. Aluminum has been linked to a whole bunch of health stuff. You don't want that. It's not worth your time. And it's just not good for our bodies. I'm telling you, native is the way to go. I also use uh, the body soap. Squeeze it. It's in a cool square box. I like it a lot. If you're into native, try it out. Go to nativedeodorant.com. I'll give you 20% off. Just use my name as the code Zach Sang. Nativedeodorant.com. Nativedeodorant.com. Look good, feel good, and put good stuff on you. Zach Sang Show. But again, like meant to be in a sense. Like straight up. You weren't meant to hit those deadlines. Nope. With like, I say this with love in my heart. Like, you weren't meant to keep your arm intact. Like,
2: It's, right. it's really weird, but also, I don't know. Yeah, and like, it was wild. Like right. I missed the deadline, and uh, I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do now? You like eight applications withdrawn. <laughs> wow. Crazy. And I was working hard on these. I don't even write essays. I don't even do my homework. So I'm writing essays for these things. And like... <laughs> the first time yeah. Yo, right. For the first essay. time, like, yo, you got to lock in. You got to actually do the work, right? <laughs> 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 and, and I'm locked in. And, uh, and all these applications get withdrawn. And from SUNY schools, from CUNY schools, like, you know, City University of New York yeah. and then the, the State University of New York. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know what SUNY and CUNY uh, is... But, um, or, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the applications are gone and now I'm like, well, what do I do? I guess, you know, and I started to feel hopeless and I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just like enlist in the military. You know, I, got, I have family in the military and, and I was like, maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe I'll just follow suit. Maybe I'll do it. A lot of my family members did, right? They became cops or went to the military and, and they, uh, they had good lives for themselves right after. Right. You know, I mean, they had good benefits and, you know, but, but I was like. You know, it, my mom kept hanging up the phone on the Navy. <laughs> she, they they were trying to call, you know, because I had expressed interest and they were trying to call her, hey, we'd like to speak to Anthony Ramos, and she's like, he don't live here, <laughs> <laughs> hanging up. And uh, <laughs> fast forward, Sarah, teacher. She uh, she basically she said, hey, uh, I got this one application for this one school that I want you to fill out in New York, musical theater school, and um. And I, I, I we're gonna you, you need to do this. And I was like, All right, bet. Okay. And I fill out the application. Or rather, I started to and then I wanted to quit. It was just too hard. Again, I just felt hopeless. I didn't want to finish the essays. My best friend from high school, Jason, is calling. He calls Sarah and says, Miss Steinwise, I think he's crying in my room talking about he wanna go to the Navy. I don't know what to say to him. Can you uh can you talk to him? She's like, Put him on the phone. I get on the phone, wipe my tears, I'm like, Hey, what's up? She's like, hey, man, come to my house right now. We're going to finish these essays. We're going to send out this application. I'm like, nah, you live far. And she's like, no, no, no. Get your ass here. Like, that's not how she said it, but that's how I heard it. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, you know what? I right, bet. Get my things, wipe my tears. We walk about a mile and a half. We didn't have bus fare, so we walked about a mile and a half to her crib. And we get there. She got the table set up. We finished the essays, two essays. We finished them. She paid for the application because she knew I didn't have the money, and she sent it out because she knew I was irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> and as uh, uh, I auditioned for the school, I get in. She helped me with audition material. I get in, bro. Seriously, like this. It's, you want to talk about th- like you want to talk about how life just kind of is telling you, knocking on your door until you answer. How life sometimes just knocks on the door and will not stop knocking. I'm thankful that God and life just was like, yo, 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 and finally. I get into the school, can't afford it. Um, I'm so happy, but I see how much it costs. It's crazy. Sarah says, hey, I gave your name to Jerry Seinfeld Scholarship Foundation. And uh, and they've given the scholarship out to one person at our school five years ago, and I recommended her. I told them your story. They didn't want to meet you. I said, well, how'd they see my grades? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. like I i do not want no secrets. I walk <laughs> up in there, sitting across from Kate and this woman, who's a good friend of mine now, and I tell her my story. She's crying. I'm crying. I'm like, all right, I got to go. And then, um... uh. I think a couple of days later maybe if not a day later school's calling me for a loan I'm like hey can you give me one more day I didn't know what I was going to do with a day but, you know what I'm saying like what, what was I going to like 10 grand or what was I going to do in a day bro rob a bank or two yo I was thinking about it I was plotting I had my ski mask ready I was like yo you know what we got to get it popping I got to call the goons you know make this shit happen sometimes you got to <laughs> ruffle the feathers a little bit to make the dreams happen but I was like hold up wait if I ruffle any feathers <laughs> let me <laughs> have some faith right and uh and a couple hours later, uh, I get a call. Hey, after I hang up with the school about the one more day, can you give me one more day? Kate calls. Hey, we don't usually give the scholarship out to people with your grades, but we'd like to pay for your school for all four years. <sighs> and uh, and my life was that was you know that was people say oh yeah Hamilton popped it off Hamilton popped it off but I said that phone call popped it off. That was when my life popped off.
1: Te- teachers, oh yeah, changed your life completely that, from middle school to high. School, I mean. Without yeah. those two teachers, like...
2: Yeah, more and more teachers. Jason Jacobs, who was my counselor in high school, who just texted me, he's like, like, we let's go. Let's go on a trip for Christmas. We out. <laughs> you know, he trying to get lit. We adults now, so it's like, getting lit with my counselor is kind of crazy, but it'd be like that, right? It was bonding in a new way. And then, uh, you know, my Shakespeare teacher, Miss H, you know, I, I didn't even have good enough grades to be in an honors class, but she, uh, she was like, yo, you're a good actor. You need to learn Shakespeare, so I'm going to put you in this class. We're not going to tell anybody. <laughs> and uh and uh you know it's uh, you know angels man you know these teachers these teachers they uh you know my coach my baseball coach he held me accountable all the time you know these people rick Demarco they they you know i wouldn't be here bro i wouldn't be here without them yeah but your success is what keeps them going
1: like that's the thanks in a 99 percent thankless gig mm. truthfully I, it's really remarkable let's dive in because your yeah. album is
0: spectacular thanks bro
2: uh the good and the bad yeah it's about everything i just talked to you about
0: yeah (laughs) literally kind of thought that
2: if anyone reads the lyric like i encourage you if you're listening to this right now just read the lyrics to the good and the bad and it's it's almost verbatim what i just explained to you but
1: every single record off this album is such a vivid story i feel like i'm like on your shoulder experiencing what you're experiencing
2: wow that's something I that's the greatest I, compliment you could ever get
1: that the the lyrical content matched with the production and the live instruments is just I haven't heard music like this in a while and I'm <sighs> nice so bro. happy it exists
2: come on that's awesome
1: I, I i mean this this album is your life and I've yeah. read quotes where you've written you've said things about like writing
2: from a place of a character or whatever, but this yeah. is has to be you characters me oh yeah no, I say it in the show all the time. I tell the audience, like, when we, they come to the show, I say, so this character in our story, and I say, feel free, everyone. When I say the character in our story, I'm going to point to myself, and you can say, you, because this character's me. <laughs> and so I say, all right, everybody. So the character in our story, point to myself, and everybody's like, you! <laughs> and I'm like, yes, me. This guy, you know, is now, you know, takes his journey, he leaves home. And these are all true stories, things that happened to me that, that became this narrative all small you know all true stories in three minutes or whatever two, two, two and a half to three four minutes songs that um that became this narrative about this character again me right <laughs> and uh who thought he needed to leave home to figure out who he wanted to be in life and realized that all the answers you know he goes through the good and the bad in between he goes on this journey and Gives his, writes this letter, love letter to his family in Dear Diary in the first song. Like, I love you. Hey there, mama. Can you tell me how you been? I know I said I'll be back in two months and I've been gone ever since, you know? And then pops in the second verse. Hey there, papa. I wish I knew where you been. We talked two months ago and I ain't heard from you since, you know? But the recurring theme is it don't matter where life leads me because if you call and say that you need me, no matter whether we're in a bad relationship or a good relationship, if you call and say that you need me, I'll be coming home. But I got to go on this journey to, to figure out who I am, figure out who aunt is and, um, and he goes to the good and the bad. He goes to the industry party in Auntie Basement. <laughs> then in one more hour, they have, they have, have. he has a long night, which these are all things. Like, I went to a fancy industry party in Auntie you know, and it was great. But then my agent was like, this is going to be the best part of your life. And I was like, I bet. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get to the party. It was fly, but it wasn't the best party of my life. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and I start thinking, I'm like, yeah, where are the, some of the best parties? Oh, in my mom's living room, my auntie's basement, mm-hmm. right? And then I go one more hours about the first night my fiancé and I kissed. And, you know, this in our story, the character, me again, right, meets this person at this party. But in my life, there was one more hour. It was like, yo, you so fly, I wish we had one more hour in this night. But every place is closed right now. It's five in the morning and the sun's coming up. So the birds, you hear in the album, the birds start coming up at the end of the song. The birds are chirping at the end of the record because they take us into Isabela, which is my favorite, you know, one of my favorite towns in Puerto Rico. So if you're thinking about it as a movie, right, the camera pans up and the, the sun's coming up and we see these birds in the tree and we're in New York, but now we pan down and now we're in Puerto Rico on this beach, on this island. And then you hear the guitars, <laughs> wow. Right for Isabela. And then they go on and make passionate love and mind over matter the song is about actually making love to somebody you actually love right <laughs> i said because we hear a lot of songs about people just having one night stands but i'm like that's not my life yo and Dude, that's not the lives of like many people living on the earth You know <laughs> like, that. people are like mm-hmm. just trying to make it yo like oh yeah ain't nobody there's no cheeks clapping and you know nobody's throwing <laughs> ones in the air every night and if you are i mean god bless i don't know how you keep it up but do your thing like <laughs> You got yeah, that good, good, saved.
1: deep like a therapist, all in my hair while I'm licking your areas. Right. Give me them feels, like that strong sativa. Right. Cure for my pain, call you a lever.
2: Yeah, you're you curing my pain, call you a leave. You're the only one for me looking at you. I made you, oh, I'm going for two, three o'clock, uh, four o'clock, uh, five o'clock. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> it's like, why can't it be sexy to make love to somebody you love? Right. Why do we not think that? Why is there something about that that is not sexy to us?
1: Talking about sex in my life, it's one of my great wonders. I have yet to figure it all out. Okay,
2: great. But my assumption would be that
1: like, it is sexy to make some love to some love right. to somebody you love, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's sexier, right? It? Like, especially when you can keep it going and y'all can keep that, right? And like, yo, look, man, you got to work for that. I'm not gonna lie, you got to work for that. You know, you to baby, keep right? you gotta keep it fresh. You gotta, <laughs> yo, babe, I'm playing this crazy ass night for us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, trying to get innovative, and, right? You, 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 know, uh, can I say? You're, you're fine. fine. Okay, yeah. okay, great. Um, but like, you know, it's it's. Uh, but but I think that's the beauty in in uh, in love, yo. And and I think that's what makes the love making even better. And uh, and uh, you know, and, and I guess I just didn't I haven't heard any song like that in a while. And I'm like, yo, where's the song for the person who's been with a per person for like two years, five years, 15 years? It ain't no. It's I was a- like, I see you over there cooking. Why you over there looking like a five course? <laughs> <laughs> you Great. know what I'm saying? Yeah, total. Because everything's about, like you said, ass clapping, one night stands. I, you know, met Shorty at the club, took her back to the crib. We did what we did. Candy paint on the Rolls Royce, yeah. <laughs> Chinese food, call a cab, send her home, blah, blah, blah. That's the number one record. It's number one. <laughs> Somebody put it on the radio. Who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> But, like, bro, come on, man. That ain't my life. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna write about that. I know. I don't have, I don't even drive. I don't have a Rolls Royce. I don't fucking, none of this is true for me. Like, none of
1: that. But so, so, is it for, how do you view this album? Like, do you view it as a documentation of your life? Do you view it as like this? Obviously, it's a piece of art to you. Yeah. But like, is it a diary? Is it the movie of your, th- this chapter of your life? Mm. Because the way you were describing it as a movie,
2: like, did you go in with all of these concepts? I, no. I had it start. Yeah, I mean, these songs, we wrote 21 songs in 30 days when we wrote this album, right? I wrote a couple other amazing songwriters, and we got up in there, and we were just deep in it. And I had just met them all for the first time on that trip, too, which was crazy. So it was crazy opening up to these new people that I had never met before.
1: But By the way, like, on the list, Michael Pollock, Justin Tranter, oh, yeah, Ross I mean, Golan, yeah, like...
2: I mean, it's crazy...
1: Yeah, incredible people. Incredible. Only one that you've worked with before, right? Will Wells, Will Wells,
2: which is he's the recur, he's the through, he's the common thread in, in all of right all these records. He executive produced this album, and I couldn't have anybody else, you know. Like, and I just don't want anyone else. Period, because he is one of my best friends, and he knows me better than like most of my family. And he's a musical genius, and I don't even say that lightly. And um, and I was like, "Nah, we riding this out, son." I don't care. If if I'm getting signed, I'm getting signed and you getting it's we come we going together. That's the only way I'm making this album if you executive producing it. That's the only way I'm making an album, period. Cuz you, you know what I'm saying, even right. if he didn't even certain songs he didn't write on, but he he over, he oversaw, he oversaw everything. All. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 we he was the one that I was in the studio. We you know, we have our we have whole team winning as our is our company, Whole Team Winning, and, and we, we were at Whole Team Winning headquarters, we call it, in New York, in, in Dumbo, Brooklyn, and we had our studio, and we picked 12 songs, 14, we cut two, and we going on index cards. We wrote every song, the title of the songs we had picked for the album on index cards, and we mixed the index cards around and we wrote the bpm uh, the you know the the bpm of every song you know 86 bpm right what's yeah, the to tempo get right so how so let's see let's see what's the tempo here what's the name of the song what's the song about okay let's see where the story is now this wasn't a narrative right these were all again true small true stories that became one long true story and uh and we just started mixing them up we're like all right dear diary boom he love letter boom uh, auntie basement industry party boom one more hour long night boom isabella they go away Mind over matter. they haven't make passion love. Relationship now, boom. They're in a relationship that the other person doesn't want to call a relationship. She pumps the brakes on them. Boom, little lies. He's like, all right, maybe if I tell you all the little lies I never told you before, maybe that'll make you th- 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 realize that I take this seriously. Not enough, boom. Woman, I want to write a song about the power of a woman's love. Maybe if I would have loved you like a woman, that would have that would have been enough, right? I should have stayed, but I couldn't, right? A woman will stay. She'll, she'll be like, yeah, acting crazy, but we'll figure it out tomorrow, right? I should have spoke, but I wouldn't. Um, she's, you know, she's, she's like, let's speak about it, let's talk about, it let's get to the bottom of it, right? And you're like, nah, I gotta go outside and clear my head. <laughs> you know, I just spoke, but I wouldn't, I did what I shouldn't. I could have loved if I could have loved you like I was a woman. Then maybe I would have loved you like crazy. But I did what I shouldn't. If I could have loved you like I was a woman, right? And he goes on to say this to her and apologize, like maybe if I could have loved you the way you did, unconditionally, the, the, with that kind of power that I'll never understand. In a, in a woman's love, maybe that you know, maybe that could have been enough, right? If I would have even strived for that, right? And then she leaves, and then he figure it out. He's lonely, you know. And I, I don't think we have enough music about people be, you know. I mean, but yeah, maybe we do, right? There's a whole song, right? Who who wrote it? Lauv. Lauv. Wow. Right. He wrote a song. I'm so lonely, or whatever. Right. And it's great. It's a great record, right? Like, and like it's it's honest, right? Like, he and he just says it plainly. Like I'm I'm so lonely. lonely. <laughs> like I'm lonely. Like and figure it out is about that, right? It's like. Where are those songs where we're just like admitting, especially men, right? Sometimes we feel like we're weak or we're like not tough or whatever. Like we, if we admit, like nah, man, I feel a little bit lonely. or I'm a little depressed. Or, I'm a little down or whatever, right? But we learn to like hide it or cover it up because nah, that's not manly or that ain't yeah. that ain't nah. That's not what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't go up to my brother and be like, hey, man, I'm feeling lonely today. He'd be like, well, I don't know. Go outside and do some non lonely. Like I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to help you with your problem. Is
1: that a scary song for you to write? <laughs> because like
2: the scariest. that was the hardest
1: a ton of men in your life
2: a ton yeah and for me to say you know for me to say why am i pushing away what silence has to say why do i push through the day like tomorrow's gonna figure it out like someone else will figure it out me admitting that i'm making me a promise to admit my problems ain't saying i'm gonna solve them but i'm making progress i say that four times at the end because it's like half for you and the other half is for me you know just in case i forgot the first two times, cause it's like you know I'm all alone on my phone in my bedroom. Johnny swimming again in my headphones, right? Like how we distract ourselves, we go over to the dinner table and the first thing is turn the game on, turn the TV on, turn the whatever thing, right? Like we got what's, what's anything to mask. It's actually, the, everybody's phones on the table now. Right. Like, it's like how, you know, how do we just get through this moment? Right. But why are we just getting through moments? And that song is about that. Like, why, Anthony, why are you why do you live your life like that? Just getting through moments? Because now as an adult, I, I I'm guilty of that. And I, that's me admitting to the world or whoever decides to listen to this album. Yeah, I do that. I'm guilty of that, of not knowing how to deal with myself in the silence at 28 years old now. You know, just recently, uh, like still admitting that. Uh, i'm a work in progress right and then uh and either way the next song right his friend pulls him out of the rut he's like well you've been wearing the same sweats for three days and you've been eating this from, from the same pizza spot for <laughs> the last this week um you know you got your problems i got a bottle let's wash it all away i know you are crying your bills are high your checks are coming late i got a question all this stress did it ever solve a thing because whether you do or whether you don't life gonna keep happening either way and then the good and the bad he reflects on his life right you know and and He's like, man, I'm grateful I took this journey. Or maybe it's time for me to go back home. And in the final song, Come Back Home, he's like, I had to leave to see how good I had it. And in the first two verses, I talk about all the things that I was, you know, all the things that have uh, that in my life I had been running from, all the things that I, I learned lessons from, right, Or 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 we too stubborn to learn lessons from like my mom said when I was six years old I'd always sit up by the window true story I'd always say the city's way too cold I wish there was another place I could go she would ask where and I would say where anywhere tell me where because I'm scared if I'm here then I'll never see paradise I just want to see paradise like I, well six-year-old me couldn't tell my mom yo ma there's dreams to be had there's things for us to see this this uh, a world for us to see I couldn't say that because I was six So all I can say was, she'd be like, I'd be like, I don't want to be here anymore. i genuinely sit by the window and be like, I don't want to be here. She'd be like, ha, 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 papa, where do you want to be? And I'd be like, I don't know, right? But, you know, then i talk about my exes. But then at the end of the song, I'm like, you know, what are all the things that I should actually, what are all the things that make me who I am? And who are the people, right? And what are the things? Like, nothing's better than my mama's rice and beans. Or the sound of people yelling on the streets. The lights when I land at JFK, the mm. cold wind when it hits me in my face. All the things I've been running from my whole life. I only feel the ground under my feet when Jazzy's standing right there next to me, my fiance, right? Those are things that make me feel at home, and that's the only paradise I know. So I had to leave to see how good I have it. And that's. And the album ends with um, the melody of Dear Diary. It don't matter where life leads me. If you call and say that you need me, I'll be coming home. I'll be coming home. But just on the piano, followed by, well, my mom's voicemail followed by that melody. That ends the album. Why was that voicemail vital? I don't know. It was crazy. I was just looking through my phone. I was like, yo, how do we end this album? I don't know how to end this album. And I'm just like looking through... I was like, I always wanted to put a voicemail on an album because I love voicemails on albums, yo. like It sets the... But but it really sets the tone. Yeah. You I, can see it. Yeah, I just love when you hear voice memos or voice... Anything from, recorded from someone else, from another person, right? Even the ones I like... like Call me back. You ain't called me in five days. And I've been trying to call your ass and you ain't hitting me back. You better not be with no other. Like, you know, that kind of. Right. Like we love those things. Those things feel real. Right. Frank Ocean did it. Right. Like I think black did it on his album. Right. These yeah. people, these artists Art, do this. Shit. I was and we, lo- I, I love it, at least. And I was like, I need a voicemail. And mom's voicemail was like, Antonio, mommy, God bless you. How are you? Uh, where Where are you? Are you still at work? Anyway uh uh call me when you get this message, God bless you, love you, and that was just the end of the song, and then it me it and we end the album where we began. Why was that important? I thought it was important because that's what happened to me. I ended that that season of my life where I began you know I moved back to you know I was bouncing around, I thought I wanted to uh, i love l a right like and I and I was like always my my dream was to move here or or somewhere right like you you puerto rican in new york you want to move to florida because you're like i need the heat i need the hot weather and that's still in the states and it's the closest thing that feels like puerto rico on the island so it's like and every you know my whole family lives out there now right like everybody moves but uh but it's you know it's funny that when you realize like no i actually don't need to go anywhere home is here it's okay i'll get a warmer coat <laughs> and uh it's all right like if if I want to move to a different neighborhood, I can move to a different neighborhood. I can make a life wherever I want it right here at home. I don't have to run away. I don't have to go anywhere to do that. And if I can do that here, I can make myself at home anywhere else. You which, know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, which is... Is that a crazy thing to think? That anywhere could be home if you... Not try hard enough, but if you have the right... The foundation? right tools? Yeah, it really is foundation.
2: I think so. I think if your feet... Right? I think if you have a solid foundation, right? Um... I think it gives you, uh, it gives you uh, this, this sense of like you know at least try right like you do your best to get good people around you you, you know you do right like you know we fiend, ain't nobody perfect like you do you know we do crazy all the time like I mean I know I do right like I'm f- <laughs> up all the time right but you do your best to like be like all right, you know what man I made this mistake I remember one of my baseball my baseball coaches Daryl Russell he used to say to me he said yo you make mistakes to not make them twice. And he was like, you know, my, you know, and it's like, why am I running from my mistakes? Why don't I just face them and be like, oh, that happened. I learned from that, and like, I don't need to leave home to do that because they always did. This is gonna follow me anyway. This is gonna follow me to L.A. It'll follow me to Florida. It'll follow <laughs> me to Puerto Rico. It's gonna follow me anywhere. How, it don't matter how far I go, right? And it's like, you know, and if if could be halfway decent at home then maybe it'll be all right when I'm on the road. How's tour going? It's going so good. It's crazy. I mean, this is the first experience I've ever had with people singing the words back. And I'm talking like, yo, word for word. Well, because in Hamilton, people can't really sing in a Broadway show. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but right. people could if they, I mean, I mean I'm sure they would. You know, they, they get it in. Yeah, they, get... Under their
2: breath, you see them in the first row. They just, every word, just, I'm like, making my way. You know, they, well, that's not even the lyrics, but it's what it's like. I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately smashing every expectation. They, You see them in the front row, and you're like, okay, all right, I'm doing a show for you tonight. Tonight's my 400th show, well, and I'm tired, but this one's for you. D- I got to tap into that because I'm like really deeply
1: convinced. That if you can be a performer on Broadway, you can do anything. Broadway crafts the greatest performer to ever exist. The work ethic that is involved in doing eight shows a week consistently in front of a live audience of that size with so much on your shoulders, if you can do that, you can literally do anything.
2: Yeah. Ethics, I I
0: agree. I mean, I agree.
1: You become seasoned. 400 shows.
0: Yeah, the six. Holy, yeah do you think you could walk on stage today and just do the whole thing or nah bro i need a rehearsal
2: (laughs) i need like one rehearsal but that's the true professional in you i could probably bring it back i need one rehearsal i can't i don't know if i could but you know because it's like i don't remember where to stand in a lot of places anymore you get kicked in the head in that (laughs) show man it's there's people literally humans flying around on the stage like getting picked up and turned and chairs going up and down and you, 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 it, it's just, uh, I need, a, I need two rehearsals actually, two, <laughs> two. So if I go back in, Lynn and Tommy and the rest of the team, Andy and Lack, I need two rehearsals and we're good to go and uh, we'll be all right. But, uh, yeah, but, but it's all there. It's all, I, I did it so much that, you know, it's, it, it, it's so ingrained in my, in my body and in my mind, that show, you know, so, but I don't, I don't know if I could do it. That's, that's is it
1: because hard. it's just so the same it's not new it's not something different
2: yeah i mean you do it so much that you is muscle memory i mean it's like you know you sing a song enough times you, you you can learn the runs you know in the song like you can learn all the little intricacies of the song those you know you learn those harmonies or you learn those ad-libs that uh that that people hope that you know, when you write a song, you give people enough space to also create their own adlibs, right? You, okay, you learned mine now, here's the space in the song, you make your own, and you learn the song so much that you start to make it your own, so so that was a lot like that part, and a lot like that show, like, I, you know, you start to figure out, okay, I know the steps, I know where I'm supposed to stand, I know what I'm supposed to say, how do I make this my own now, right? And it's anything with any show, right? Like, okay, now I know my songs, I know, I know what I'm gonna say, like, I know what I'm gonna sing, so now what do I talk about? Okay, once I find out what I talk about, where can I leave space for the audience to talk to me? Mm. Where can I leave, uh, where's there room now to uh, explore? Because now, yeah, this show is can become the same too, right? It's not the same because I'm in a different city every day, right? And I'm up there, but you start to break in a routine. One for your mind because you're like, oh, I need to f- have some kind of routine. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But at the same time, it's different every night. Because, uh, because the more you do it, the more times, the more uh, uh, spaces you find. Oh, oh, there's a space there. You get something new there. You get comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Let's put a bass solo there. Let's. uh, Ooh. Let's. You know what? Let's keep the music going for another sixteen bars right there. You start to find things, right? Which is nice about being on tour that you can't do on Broadway. Was once the is the way it is. That's the way it is, and you gotta you gotta make that new for yourself so
1: well you have a trillion other things that are factored into every movement that you make a thousand different cues like there's no flexibility no nah, yeah nah, on broadway man, right no flexibility, nah, man. <laughs> i was about to be like yeah yeah for sure i was like nah you know but even <laughs> down to like what you're saying like where you stand like you can't stand one step to the left no
2: nah, you get kicked in the head
1: yeah b- <laughs> but, but now that it's your show you can stop the music and just sit there and talk to people
2: if you want just talk yeah you have no rules i got a couple rules <laughs> not, Who is setting these rules? Me, man, guy, you got You know, you got. I ain't setting. It. It's not, It's really no rule It's like you, you, you make you all you, you rehearse, right? Yeah. So those are quote unquote where you set the rules, right? Okay, here we'll play this song. Here's where we'll play this song, right? The order, right? I'll probably say this in between here, right? I start setting the guidelines, and then okay, we set that. So now there are no rules. Now we can do whatever we want. This is a show. Let's do whatever we want. And if somebody's feeling something, somebody want to shout something out. Let it out. Let it out. You want to dance? Dance. You want to cry? Cry If we need to stop the music, let's stop it. Right? Let's, because, you know, this is a live show, man. I'm here with you. I'm here to connect with you. You could listen to the record. You could do your thing, right? Like, you could listen to the record all day long. But this is my time with you to get to know you and for you to get to know me. So let's take this time until they kick our asses out of this venue. (laughs) Right? Like, let's get to know each other and let's connect. Because I don't know when's the next time I'll be back here. I don't know when's the next time I'll meet you. So let's go.
0: What did you learn from starring in Hamilton that you've put into your own music?
2: I learned that never stop um never stop thinking about how you can make a song better until it's until you um have given it over to the last moment. Right? Like and I don't, I don't like to hold on to things for too long, right? But, but I do, I do like to think about. You know, I was giving notes to the bitter end. Like some of these producers were like, "Yo, I've never worked with artists that give <laughs> notes like this." I was like, "Yo, I'm so sorry, but totally not sorry." Like, yo, like <laughs> I know we can make it better if we do this. Let's please do this. Let's let's fix this. Let's or or let's add that. Let's add the 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 bass. Like, there's a song I have on the album called "Relationship" that was the First song that we wrote in the writing of the album, and it was the last song that we uh, finished. What? And conceptually, you listen to it, and it sounds like a simple song that should have been done quick, but it wasn't because I was so specific about a drum part that happens. Tell me how this ain't no relation, hun relationship. Ha ha. Uh, oh. I just wanna be the one you end up with. Uh uh. So that cracka came every four bars. I said I want it every eight now, and I've made that decision way later on. So the producer had to go back and reprogram. It. Why? Because I was like, I, the song needs more space. The song needs space. I th- and I said. There's that ad lib there, let that ad lib live there. And it's so small, but what was so funny and what was so gratifying was that the musical supervisor, Alex Lackamar, who's a music connoisseur, yo. Alex Lackamore from Hamilton calls me and is like, yo, and I loved all the little things, bro. There's so many little nuggets in there, especially in relationship. The ha, huh, huh? You you didn't add any extra in there. It was just like nothing that wasn't needed. And that was like the moment where I was like, Yes. That reason why I said take that out after Take that out after every four bars. Only put it in after every eight was for Alex Lackamore telling me right now on the phone. And I love that. Huh, huh, huh. <laughs> That's <laughs> in the a validation. Corner. That's the music. When a musical genius like that tells you, yo, I love the nuggets like that. It makes you realize that, oh, thinking about everything. Right, and sometimes you gotta let it go eventually. Eventually, you know, you let it go, and you're like, "No, here, everybody, you have it. I'm not. We're not doing anything else to the song. That's it. You come up with new ideas later on. You could have done it, whatever. But, 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 I love to think about everything um, until we run out of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that answered the question.
0: That answer the, I think the it
2: did. Well, I think it's attention to detail. That's what you learn. Oh yeah, yeah, attention to detail. Because Alex is like that, and so was Lynn
0: Well, I was gonna you, say, does that mean they were changing the script and script all and the Hamilton? time? Oh really Even all the time to stay
2: relevant like they were changing no nah, they were changing the script to to because we were in previews so it was oh, like okay. how do we make the show better right when you're in previews you're rehearsing from 1 to 5 you're rehearsing from 1 to 5 and then you do the show at night right so you rehearse and then finally they're like okay previews and so then people pay to come see rehearsals essentially yeah. but they still judge right cuz they come to see a show <laughs> and but that's <laughs> what you want to get better sure but i wish people was, <laughs> I wish people would just remember they're coming to a rehearsal like <laughs> chill out right and it's like we just rehearsed from one to five we're all dead tired right now we're doing a show for you three hour show uh, why not be comfortable yeah i used to come to meetings and all dressed up and mm. i was like you know what let me just let the work speak for itself Isn't let me just uh let me go ahead and wear these sweats and these sneakers real quick <laughs> but, like, by the way it takes a while to get there no it does for sure no i mean you know you don't I didn't. I wasn't rocking up in, you know, Nikes and yeah, trainers or trainers, or jogging whatever. pants. Yeah, 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 you know, and
1: uh, no, because you, at first you think that like your clothes speak loudly in terms of making an impression, right, with somebody if you go into sure. a fancy meeting or whatever. Yeah, but now it's not necessarily about the clothes; it's about the art you put out there.
2: Yeah, and it's about who you know. It's also about connecting. I want you to just meet me. I don't want you to think about what I'm wearing. You'll probably think about what I'm wearing, right? Like, but it's fine. Well, I just sh-
0: I just like what you're wearing because that's what I wear every day. I wear sweatpants, sh- running shorts, and running shoes and hoodies.
2: Yeah. I mean, yo, like, come on, man. Right? We're just people, but we like put on these costumes every day, right? And it's yeah. like, let me just put on what I wear and uh see what happens. What do you perform in? You know what's funny is I performed in this in Houston the other day. Like I usually wear a white tee and leather jacket with some jeans and Jordans. That's cool. But, uh, I think this is better. But yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I might, you know, I might come out tonight like this for real. Like, cause in in Houston, I was just kind of like, you know what? I think I'm gonna just rock the hoodie today and the sweats, and I'm just gonna put the J's on to keep it on brand, and, uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, it was great. It was lit. It was actually the most comfortable show I played, so. So you can really feel the difference. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but there's something also sometimes it's nice to put on a costume when you get on stage you feel like you can assume the you know the role I don't know the that's, role I guess
0: so. That's a question I had did you get to keep any of your costumes from Hamilton Oh hell no man Oh <laughs> man, that's man. you give
2: all that back Somebody else is wearing that tonight One hundred, No 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 they keep them somewhere in some warehouse just in case you come back or just in case someone steps into the show that fits into <laughs> your shit. No lie, <laughs> and your name is still on it. And in uh, and the, you know, I was wearing people's. I was looking in the inside, other people's names. I was like, all right, here we go.
0: Are you ever going back? I
2: don't know, man. I mean, you know, I'm focused on so many other things. Like I'm doing movies now, and uh it's hard to be in a Broadway show and do like I, I couldn't do I couldn't do music if I was in a Broadway show. I just, just you just can't do it again. You're doing eight shows a week, yo. That's it. Like I can't tour. I can't. You can barely live a life. You know, like yeah. Like you barely can do that in the show by itself. <laughs> so if I was to go back to Broadway, um, it would it would you know it would be for something special, something that spoke to me, you know what I'm saying? And play or music, what what a musical, whatever it is. I'm, I'm actually working on a musical, so I might go back to Broadway for that. Uh, You're doing In the Heights, the movie. I am. I'm doing In the Heights, the movie. That's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just where well, we wrapped in August, and um, and I'm man, I'm so excited, bro. Like. It's crazy. That was the one show that I saw. You know, I wanted to like give up. You know, at one point because acting was so hard. Like nobody's in a rush to write a part for a barely five nine, Latin, lat, you know, Latino, freckle faced dude. Like nobody. You know what I'm saying? One fifty five wet. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. Like oh my gosh, I can't wait to write that lead role for him. <laughs> if you ain't looking like Brad Pitt or like you know what I'm saying or whoever. Denzel, it's like... And I was like, man, this is hard. I was like, where do I fit in here? And In the Heights was the first show, though, that I saw where I was like, I don't only... I don't only relate to some of these characters. I know them. I know Usnavi. He's Leo from the corner store down the (laughs) block from where I grew up. I know... Vanessa, she reminds me of Tiffany, who was in fifth grade with me. You know, like, I know Nina. I know I know these characters, the Piragua guy, because I see the Piragua dudes all the time around my mom's neighborhood and all throughout Brooklyn. Like, these people were real people to me. And I was like, then they all sound like me, and they look like me. I was like, dang, maybe there is a spot for me out here. And years later, well, I guess seven years later, I'm playing the lead role, the role that Lynn played on Broadway. I'm playing that in the film. It's amazing. It's bananas, dude. It's, I mean, it's wild to think how life does that, right? Like, but consistently for you. And I think
1: that's one of the themes here to our entire conversation, right? Like, the things that are meant to happen actually happen. And you have a lot of full circle moments. The the way things began for you tend to be the way things end. Like, even to to work with Lynn. Wow. Yeah. You would have thought that that would have been enough. Like, in there, that's a full circle moment.
2: For sure. But. <laughs> yeah, but now we're, like, on our fourth thing together. Like,
1: To be in a show that proved to you that you could do this too, it's wild. Do you feel like you have a responsibility to tell other people that look like
2: you and that come from the places that you've come from that they can do it as well? I think the only responsibility I have is to tell my story as honestly as possible. Because then, you know. Maybe someone who looks like me or sounds like me or came from, right? And they don't necessarily have to look like me or sound like me. But if someone relates to something I've been through, they could be white, black, Hispanic, Asian. They could be from wherever they are in the world. doesn't matter. Right? Like, we're all connected in some way. And I think we think for whatever reason that we're not because we come from here or we come from there. But, yo, we're like human beings. Like, we all have feelings and we go through. You know, so I think and I'm like, yo, if I could just tell my story as honestly as possible, maybe that'll not only give kids who look like me and sound like me and come from where I came from uh, uh uh, uh hope that they could they could achieve their dreams, but maybe some kid from some small town in some city that I would I've never been to before, or you know, maybe some kid in India or some you know, right? Like yeah. somebody who's taken something that I said that hopefully makes them feel like somebody feels
1: them. That's the power of music and the power of genuine honesty—like not fabricated anything. Being able to share your true self and be transparent and open, and not shy away from what was, but embrace it and share it. And it's kind of rare, man. The combination of the two, I think, is pretty rare these days.
2: Yeah, but I love that's the beauty. That's again, it's like that's what you said. Music is so powerful, like that. There's so much of that other shit on the all over the radio and all mm-hmm. over the and I'm like I could do that. But I just can't. I'm like yo, I was like there's so much of that. And I'm like, you know what? Like if that's what makes money then I live like I don't care. It's like look, if I paid my rent on the 1st of the month and you're good. I got some dough in the pot, in my look, I got a little bit in the savings. I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like because if I could make music that I love, that's worth more to me than any any of the other shit, to me at least, you know. And I don't care. You call me cliche or whatever it is, right? But it's like, this sh- real for me and this is an opportunity for me to tell my story and I feel like I'd be wasting my opportunity if I didn't.
1: Do you learn anything new about yourself from telling your story and looking at yourself like a character?
2: Yeah. A lot. I learned you know it really gave me uh it really gave me a clear picture of how much I was running from my whole life cuz I really put it when you put some shit on the paper it it's right in front of it's you. it's tangible it's like, tangible yeah. you can and you are reading back your lyrics and you're like damn I was going through that I'm still going through that you know like figure it out is a song that I'm that I'm still working through right like come back home these songs these songs are things that I'm still, uh, that I'm still, that I'm still, a lot. Some of the stuff I'm still going through, and, and some of the stuff I've gotten over, right? But, uh, but, you know, this album reminds me of who I was and who I want to be. You know, and I forever have that to look back on, because if at any moment I forget about who I am, you got an album. I got an album to remind me.
0: Have you thought about the story you're going to tell in the next album yet? I have and? You want to hear about it?
2: <laughs> Should I tell it? I don't know I, It's an idea This might not make the I'm not going to I'm not going to Go out on a limb And be like This is for sure the, This album Number two Concept But this is what I've been thinking about I'm thinking about My The neighborhood I grew up in In Bushwick In Brooklyn Was divided by um, It was divided After Halsey Street And we called it The dark side And the light side and it was only because there were less street lights on one side of the neighborhood. <laughs> so it, became, it actually got darker on one side. Once you got past a certain point in the neighborhood, the streets were darker. I went to school on the dark side and I lived on the light side. And I said, what if I came up with an album like about that? Dark and light. Right. And I said all the dark that I wanted to say. And then I said all the light. Then and then, and then, But then I, you know, I combat it with, with all the that but the part of me that fights against that every day right well the part of me that light part of me that is like it's it's that good and evil thing right it's Uh like it's like here's here's you know this this is the part of me that actually right because every every one of us we we you know the reason why we love those songs with people with shorties clapping you know with with, with, with the strip in the strip club and, and look and i'm like look make your money everybody's gotta do their thing right and it's yes do your thing Make that dough. Everybody's gotta make a living, right? And I'm not ain't nothing against nobody working anywhere, right? But this fantasy sometimes that we that we um, that we make out to be or life out to be or or that we sing about or that we uh, strive to have, right? All this money and this power, and, and I'm like, we all have those two characters inside of us, all of us, and we have to make a daily decision every single day to. Fight against that character that we know is giving us the wrong, is telling us uh, the wrong thing, or or telling us to do the, you know, is is trying to convince us to make the wrong choice for our lives. So um, I'm playing with that, but hopefully nobody you know steals it. But (laughs) now that it's on the Zach Sang show, but uh.
1: (laughs) by the way, first of all, now I'm thinking to myself, like it is like you, it is an internal battle, right? Like you know the bad stuff and you fight to keep it away, but Sometimes, like, it's the balance of the good and the bad that gets you through the day.
0: That's like the Lion King. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you would A connect lot. this to the Lion King. Yes, <laughs> true. For real. You yeah. know? That's kind of crazy you connected it to the Lion King. Well, so.
0: Simba was told whatever the light touches is yours, and Simba wanted to go see what's on the dark yeah, he side. He really did,
2: and he found out.
0: Yeah, bad news. But you sometimes know? you got to go yeah. there.
2: Sometimes you have to, right, to to figure out, like, oh, and those thoughts are still inside. That fire is hot. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually a real flame. Gotta poke it. What are you thinking? Now,
0: the one other thing I wanted to ma- ask was like, you're very captivating in everything you do, whether it's just sitting here telling a story or on stage or writing songs. Like, is that something you had to learn or does that just come naturally?
2: Wow. Well, thanks. That's a very kind thing to <laughs> I'm say. I'm just
0: saying, like, we. I think we've all been very interested in what you're saying. The stories are great. There's a lot of times we're sitting here. I'm like kicking myself to stay awake. And I'm like, oh my god. But like you, it's just very interesting. <laughs>
2: thanks, man. <bro>. <laughs> you <laughs> thank said. you. I'm glad you're not kicking yourself to stay awake. Being honest That's,
0: here, Dan approved. That's real, yeah. No, thank
2: you. Thank you so much, man. Uh, mm-hmm. But Yeah, I don't know, man. I think you know, uh, my, my dad was always a good storyteller. Maybe I got it from him, uh, and and you just you know. I just, life has just been so full. I know I'm 28. I'm not, like, old and but, you know, like, (laughs) there's just so much life has happened to me. And and a lot of sitting back and receiving information has happened to me. And uh, so I get excited when I have a chance to share the information I've received with people. And strangers especially, like, hey, nice to meet you. Here's some shit that I found out yesterday, or here's some shit that has happened to me in the last five years that you might be interested in. I don't know, but I'm going to take a chance and tell you about this thing that has happened that was kind of interesting to me. And um, and the storytelling thing. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm around theater people all the time, and you kind of just pick. And I love stand-up comedy. Mm. Like, I think that's one of my favorite things to watch. Was
1: you say enough to ever do it?
2: Um, I don't know if I ever do it. Maybe I might do one special just to, just to, you know, see. If I bomb, then I bomb. But I always have that special that I right. bombed in, and, uh, yeah. right? Like, right? Who cares? Like, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Right? It's the same. Shit. I'm making an album. Who's gonna listen? Anybody gonna listen? Let me roll the dice here. Seven and eleven. Throw this up. I'm like here we go let's try like i don't know man you never know what any of this but is. you gotta just, throw it up and see if it's sick you you know but at least like you know I, even if i did stand up i wouldn't talk about no that i don't know i'd talk about how my you know crazy i went through in my life growing up in the projects and drugs and alcohol my family and how you know yeah that can be dark but there's a lot of funny that mm-hmm. happens you know it's like the guy who you know it's it's sad that there's the dude leaning on the train, but it's really funny that he's leaning and still he's... My man's... Half of his body is almost on the ground, but his legs are firmly on the ground. <laughs> like, anyone who's been on the train in New York on the subway knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> even in the street in LA, like, you know. And isn't that a metaphor for life? Yeah. We're all just, Even when the... The third of our body is hanging, and we're almost on the ground. The feet are we planted. Are planted. They are trying everything to keep our asses on the ground. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, I, <laughs> so these stories come from like—they just come from life. I just laugh at life sometimes because I'm like, sometimes you laugh or you cry, but you cry after. You, I mean, I wrote a song called "Cry Today, Smile Tomorrow" because it's like. You know, you cry today, you smile tomorrow. Like, and that song was about a girl who had a terminal illness. Right, she was battling cancer at the time, and thank God she survived. And we, uh, my boy Will, and I, Will Wells, and, and I were we met her through an organization who brought patients together and artists. And um, that's and, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It's called Katie's Art Project. Uh, Stephanie Clemens, who was our associate choreographer on Hamilton, started this organization. And she brought us together with this girl named Darielle. We wrote this song called Cry Today, Smile Tomorrow because, um, you know, I was asking Darielle these hard questions. And I said, at any point you could tell me to, like, back off. She's like, nah, you can ask me whatever you want. And I said, you know, I said to her, the way we got the title of the song was I said, is there one saying or slogan that someone said to you that you hold on to tightly to help you get through your situation? She's like, yeah, I remember one time my nurse... Walked in the room and I was very vulnerable. I was in the shower. She said she she was like I'll never forget it. She walked in on me on the sh- in the shower. She heard me crying. So it's her job. She has to check in on me. She opens the curtain. And that's gonna be a vulnerable place to be in. You're like in the shower, and like yeah. that's the when you're naked. You're the most vulnerable. And her nurse um, tends to her, aids to her, right, helps her out, blah blah blah. And uh, finally, before her, her when her nurse, you know. Is, feels like she's okay. Before she leaves, she says it's okay, Dario. Her name was Dario. Is Dario Cadet? She says, um, "Don't worry, you'll cry today and you'll smile tomorrow." And I said, "That's the name of the song. That's what we're gonna call the song."
1: Taking on a project like that must change your perspective on life, in a sense, right? Because that's
2: a big one. That was huge, huge, man. People, I mean, people are getting them lyrics tattooed to their body, which is crazy. I met this. This woman the other day, she was, like, hanging out, like, with my brother and a few of his friends. And I guess she had heard the song before she had come to the show, Miami. And I see her after the show. She said, hey, look what I just got tattooed to my wrist. And then one wrist said, cry today. And the other one said, smile tomorrow. And I was like. And then one of my boys hit me on Instagram because people started posting tattoos they're getting of the lyrics of the the album. And the bad in my handwriting. And they're like, he was like, bro, you know, you speak it to the soul when people get the sh- tattoo to their bodies. It's true. And I was like, dang. <laughs> but you know, that writing that song was big, from you know, and,
1: because you're taking on her story and her struggle. Like, it, you, that's a lot of. You're t- you're carrying a lot of weight in that moment to to pull through a record that truly matters and is honest, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's her story too. It's not mine. So I had to be even more delicate and vulnerable. I had to be very uh um careful. Yeah. Right with her this is her story. You soak in everything that she has we told with her, right? The three songwriters on the song of Dario, Will, and myself, you know, we did that together, right? And um, you know, and it's it's even it's even more delicate when you're telling somebody else's story. And uh And it was kind of dope. It was really dope that she opened up in that way. And again, that's the power of music, man. That's the power of music, yo. The Good and the
1: Bad is an album that totally deserves your ear. You Mm -hmm. need to, need to, need to, need to, need to listen to this. I'm telling you, it's more than worth your time. Really, records top to bottom. I felt very understood after listening to this album. So I thank you. Hey, thank you. Come Back Home Hit Me, Relationship is probably my favorite record off the album. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, it's really good stuff, man. Auntie's and,
0: basement, definitely.
2: Auntie's basement, baby.
0: Oh, Let's go. Let's go. That's how I feel. I'm out here in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, these parties aren't for me. I go back home. I'm like, yes.
2: Let's go. I'm chilling with the homies. Dude, yep. drunk in somebody's basement. Just chilling. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a f a fuck about what you do. They're like, yep. what do you do? What's your job? Who cares, bro? Like, <laughs> like here's a beer? And here's the first thing they ask you. What? <laughs> what I mean, if, if you listen to Auntie's basement closely... In the song at the beginning is, "Hey Mike, this is my friend Joey. Joey, this is Mike. Mike, this is Joey. What have you been up to? What have you been working on? You know, let's get him a drink. Like that's the, those are the in the you know the, that banter at the top of the song, and then me in the beginning of the song when I'm driving up in the car, right? They give you the car, right? Like you know, they hook you up with a little thing or whatever. You roll up to the sh- and in the car, just like man, this sh- right here is crazy. You, you can hear it in the in the, on the album when I'm saying." I'm like, all right, here we go. Door (laughs) closing. I'm putting on all these clothes I don't want to put on. Showing up to this party real insecure. But this ain't my scene. But this is the dream. At least that's what my agent told me. You ain't never seen a party like this before? Oh, no? You know? Then it's like, I guess I kind of like the vibe. Everybody looking kind of fly. But I swear I had a better time. Dollar slice Corona lime. Cousin spinning joints all night in Auntie Basement. All this fancy is fine, but it don't compare. No, I swear I had a better time in Auntie Basement. (sighs) Mm -hmm. You know? It's like, the party, I'm not saying the party wasn't good. It's not Auntie's basement. It's not Auntie's basement. You know what I'm saying? It ain't. It ain't like partying with people who you love in a place that's most familiar to you. To the dollar slice. To the dollar slice, hey, baby. Amen. Anybody who knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good. I mean, it's not good for your stomach, but but it's good. It's good in the moment, and better for your bank account. <laughs> yes, Anthony, you're almost everybody. Hey, thank you. Thank you.
1: you. Love, man. Thank you for the energy and time. Thanks for having me. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show
0: Podcast Network.